Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 24 for Friday, October 29, 2010. Reaching the Cognoscenti. Hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus, episode 24. We're here for this week's roundtable debate on all things Lotus software. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Darren Duke. Good morning, Darren. Hello, Stuart McIntyre. How are you? Yeah, I am very, very good. Thank you. How's your week been? It seems to be the week for NSDs on servers. I think every server I've managed (laughs) for the past five years has had issues this week. So if anyone's wondering why they've not seen blog posts, Twitter posts, or me on Skype, that's probably why. So you've been keeping the support folks at IBM happy? Uh, well, yeah. Busy, anyway. Busy, there you go, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're joined this week by a couple of guests from around the community. First of all, we have Joyce Davis. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm very, very good. Thank you. You're standing bright and breezy for this time in the morning. Well, of course, of course. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> great. Well, it's great to have you on the show. We've got some exciting news about a um, a uh, event you're running at the moment, so we'll get to that a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Okay, also joined by uh, Pear. Good morning, Pear. How are you? Good morning, Stu. I'm fine. Fine, thank you. Good morning. I'll leave you to uh, to pronounce your full name. Do you want to tell people who you are and, and what you do? Uh, yes, my name is in in proper Danish Pear Henrik Lausting, or in perhaps in in English, as you prefer, it, Per Henrik Lausting, <laughs> as the famous author Austin. And I used to work for IBM for many many years, uh, but now I'm a self-employed consultant. For two ye- two weeks, so far. So, yeah. And how's it going so far? Uh, have you got a, a project on the go at the moment? I have. Yes, I have uh, currently one customer, and and that customer uh, has an, uh, a web project, a web shop project actually, where I'm going to develop some X pages implementation. So that's very exciting. Wonderful. It sounds good. Well, hopefully you can update us on that in a few weeks or a few months' time and let us know how that's gone. Joyce, I, I neglected to ask you what your role is. I, I kind of know you so well over the years. I've <laughs> kind of forgotten to ask. So do you want to tell the audience um, what your role in IBM is? Absolutely. I, I lead the t- Lotus Technical Information and Education Community. So I'm the community manager for that group. And my goal is to bring together experts both inside and outside of IBM because we know that there's a lot of knowledge that people have in their heads and we want them to share it with, with the rest of the world. Um, so I, my goal is to bring them together and help them share that knowledge and we've got a bunch of different ways that we have them do that, which I'm sure I will talk more about during the podcast. Yeah, we'll certainly get to that in a little while. So um, let's kick off with with probably the major announcement of this week, um, Darren, which is the, the Cognos 10 release. Now, we don't normally cover sort of data products on this podcast, but one of the major notable sort of features of that release is uh, Lotus Connections integration, which is quite exciting. Did, did you see that news this week? I, I saw the news, uh, and I think anyone that was at Lotusphere 2010... I think would be shocked if they didn't see this coming because you know next next at Lotus Fee we need to we need to create the analytics drink drinking game so every time someone mentions analytics on an OGS we need to have a drink. 
<laughs> so, you know, I think this is the next stage in social software in the enterprise is what are these things being used for? What's popular? What's not? How stagnant or how um, infused, I guess is a word that everyone's been using in the US lately, um, how infused certain communities are around that. So I think it's actually the, the next big step is we give you the tools, now let us be able to create metrics for the tools. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's going to be an interesting sort of mix, isn't it? In that Cognos, uh, for those aren't aware, is business intelligence software. It helps you basically analyze how your business is doing from a financial and, and capacity basis and so on. And, and that and that's a very kind of rigid, structured, well-managed sort of way of, of looking at your business. And then bringing that into the social software world or social software into that world is quite an interesting mix of, of different sort of ways of working, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think the perception from from non-social software users is that no one ever uses it. So, you know, this is a very good tool to either, you know, prove them right or completely prove them wrong. But look, we do have you know, 26,000 users worldwide logging into communities or whatever, you know, every every week. And, and I think this allows us to bundle some metrics around that and, and target the people who maybe aren't using it and, and, and can't see the value in it. So, you know, the, the, for the black and white people out there, I think it's actually a pretty good addition. Um, I would also hope to see it further be pushed out in, into other Lotus products. You know, Domino has always suffered from a lack of reporting solutions, so that would be nice too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and IBM, as you mentioned earlier on, has been buying analytics companies at quite a rate, almost one per week, as I think you mentioned on the podcast last week. So um, clearly there's a lot of uh, technology there that they're going to be bringing in to Cognos and, and I guess into the rest of the portfolio over time. And I was going to say, for people who don't know what Cognos is, it, it's it's a bit like um, the business intelligence uh Crystal Reports tool and set. So, you know, Crystal Reports and Cognos were a big two in that market. And it's it's very much like uh, SQL Server reporting services on the UI, on, on the back end of Cognos is, is a full suite of, of server-based things that can automate a lot of these processes. So I just wanted to kind of clarify what Cognos was and other, other products people might have heard. That's right. And we'll have some links in the show notes to some of the demos and um, and news articles that have been in the press. I mean, there's been a huge amount of tech press coverage over this. Um, so hopefully, again, it's getting more uh, information about Lotus Connections and the Lotus portfolio out to people that wouldn't necessarily have followed it before. Per, how, how do you see it mapping out Lotus Connections being drawn into other aspects of, of the IBM portfolio? Do you, do you see see that being the way to get social software into more businesses? Uh, I, I, I definitely think so. Uh, I know that from uh, my early experience with Agile work, we have been using Rational Team Concert, and Rational Team Concert can integrate uh, with the uh, Lotus Connection so that you can look up users and uh, link your your Team Concert projects with your communities, etc. So. Yeah, and, and and looking at the demos, it it looks quite interesting in the way that effectively it seems to be integration between Cognos and Lotus Connections activities. So basically, you know, you see that um, that Cognos is flagging up some kind of error in your pipelines or whatever it might be, errors in your in your financial situation, and then you can start an activity that allows you to then you know build a team around it and build a, um, a collaboration environment that allows you to manage that issue and deal with it. So you can see how the synergies are, are going to work. Smells like Vulcan. <laughs> it, do, it does a little bit, doesn't it? And, and that's going to be interesting to see how Vulcan pulls these these strands together as well, doesn't it? 
So, so Joyce, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting bringing, I, I guess, as as Lotus expands its sort of reach into some of the other aspects of IBM. I guess that's going to see new people coming into the community, isn't it? So, I guess that's where where yeah. your team comes into play. Yeah, I think so. I think that um, this sort of integration is going to bring people into social software that maybe hadn't thought about it before or didn't think that it was really valuable before. So this will be a really good opportunity for those of us who try to get the technical information out there to bring those people in and find out what it is that they need to know to really learn how to use the products and best use the products. Plus, we'll get their perspective. I mean, hey, you know, what what got you into the product, what got you to use it, <clears throat> and we'll use that information and and create different kinds of de- deliverables that work for different people. So yeah, I think it'll be great. Wonderful. And and we we tried to get a number of IBMers on this call to to talk about the Cognos uh, situation and product in a bit more detail, but they'll be on next week. So um so we'll drill into this a little bit more with those guys when they're on. So moving on to the um the next piece. Uh, Video Fest has started this week, which is is your baby, isn't it, Joyce? In terms of a, a an, an event that that your team is running. So, do you want to introduce us to what is Video Fest? Absolutely. Um, well, as I mentioned, I you know I think people learn about our products in many different ways and learn how to best use them in different ways. And one of the things that we've heard from our customers over and over is that they want to be shown how to do something. And so what we've been focusing on this year is creating a lot of multimedia, a lot of videos that show people how to use our products. It might be task-based videos. It might be a complete walkthrough of a product. It might be, you know, an actual lesson that takes somebody through a, a pretty complex piece of, of using our software. So as we were putting this, these videos together, um, well, actually, it was back in March when uh, – when David Leedy and Chris Tui put together that event called Wiki Madness, when they wanted to help encourage the creation of wiki articles in our product wikis, we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could have that kind of event, but have it focused on the creation of in- in- informational videos? And so, you know, we decided that since um, Chris and David had come up with Wiki Madness to kind of coincide with the whole basketball thing. Not that I'm a sports person whatsoever, mm-hmm. but in the U.S., basketball is big in March, so they had March Madness. Um, we thought, well, okay, we're going to do it around October. What's Octo- Octoberfest? Octoberfest. Well, so we decided to go with Video Fest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> and there, there is beer involved if you want to drink beer while you're creating the video, but we, you don't have to. Um, but what we thought was, well, we'll just have this event where we're really raising the awareness of all of the great video content that already exists. We know that a lot of people in the community have been working on videos and publishing videos for a long time. I know, uh, Darren, your wife, Lisa, has great. Well, you and Lisa have been creating the Tips in Two for a while. That's been really um, valuable and effective. Uh, David Leedy does the Notes in Nine. We're actually starting kind of a theme with some of our videos called uh, Five and Five, and where we're taking five tasks and showing you in five minutes how to complete those tasks within a particular Lotus product. So, so anyway, this this video fest is running. For, it just started on Tuesday, October 26th, and it runs through February 3rd. And we're encouraging everybody to create videos. If you have videos that you already created but haven't posted them as wiki articles in our Lotus product wikis, you know, you're encouraged to 
to do that now. Um, we had the first couple of days, we had several people who had already created videos, but they just hadn't shared them in our product wikis. So those are great candidates for um, sharing in our product wikis. So what you'll do is you'll post your video um, wherever you normally post it, whether you have your own server, whether you want to upload it to YouTube, and then you take um, the embed code from that video and put that into a wiki article. It's actually pretty easy. We've had a couple of situations based on where different people have hosted their videos and we've had to tweak it a little bit. So if you run into any problems, feel free to um, let me know or post a question on our forum um, and, and we'll help you get along. And the types of videos that we're looking for are like task-based demos, um, run-throughs of products, maybe uh, an installation or configuration. But they can be really fun too, and we're trying to keep it very open and not prescribe too much exactly what, what you should do. Um, be creative. Maybe it would be um, a video showing a, a particular solution that you've created using a Lotus product. Um, it could be a really funny advertisement of some sort. So we know that there's a whole lot of creativity out, in, out there in the community, and we hope that people will kind of put their creative hats on and, and create some cool stuff to share. Well, first of all, I mean, what what tools um, are open for, for people to create these with? I know you did a webcast on this earlier on with, uh, in the week. Yeah. You went through some of the different tools people can use. So what are the obvious ones that they can download and use to create these videos? Yeah, well, one of the ones that we use quite a bit is Camtasia Studio. And that is a licensed software product. And um, I do I do believe that they have, um, you know, complimentary license for the first 30 days or something like that. So you might try that out and see if it works for your needs. Um, there are also some free products. Um, Cam Studio is an open source product that you can use. Jing is another uh, shareware application that's made from the, I mean, it, it's created by the same makers of Camtasia Studio. And it's really great. Um, so there are several different options. We've actually posted some information about these different tools on our Video Fest page, which you can get to um, by going to www.lotus.com slash LDD slash Video Fest. And we've got other instructions as well. We've got some tips on writing scripts for your video, how you can prepare your uh, recording environment, what settings to use, that type of thing. And then we even have some... Um, some music, some royalty-free music that you're welcome to use. We've got an IBMer, George Faulkner, who's also a musician. Many of you may know him. And uh, he has created some really cool music to use in videos and, uh, and in podcasts. And I asked if he would be willing to donate that music for this purpose, and he was happy to do that. So we're very grateful. So if you want to add some fun to the beginning and end or throughout the video, feel free to download and use that music. Well, I was just going to say, um, we want to make sure that when when you post your video to the wiki article that you tag it with a particular hashtag and, um, or not hashtag, but a particular tag and that's video fest. So be sure and use that. And then it's important that you get the word out because we have two new features in our latest wiki template, which, by the way, was created using XPages. Um, and one of the features is to share an article. So if you're reading a wiki article, whether or not it has a video, um, I encourage you, if, if it was valuable to you, to share it. And you can 
there's a little green arrow at the top, and you can share it through uh, Twitter, Facebook, StumbleUpon, LinkedIn, a couple of other uh, social media outlets. So I encourage you to um, get the word out. Shout out your your information from there. And uh, the other feature is the ratings feature. And just like you can rate in Amazon or anywhere else, we've got a five-star rating system. So you just log in to uh, the wikis and then rate it. And that's a really great way to show others what has been valuable to you. So we're really looking forward to that being a way to identify you know, valuable technical information. Oh, and then I guess the biggest thing, right, <laughs> is that based on those ratings, gosh, I almost forgot to mention, I was so excited about the event. Um, based on the ratings, we're going to be taking the top rated videos across each product family and across the entire product family. And we're going to be recognizing those, the contributors of those videos at Lotus for 2011. So, and you might say, well, how are you going to be recognizing them? Well, I can't tell you all our secrets, but I can say that we'll be um, awarding them some you know, with some specific awards uh, there at Lotusphere. And you don't have to be at Lotusphere to receive the awards. We'll send you the awards. Um, but we'll also be highlighting you um, in visible ways in, uh, online, but also in person. We're going to be highlighting those videos in a couple different locations. And so we're really we really believe that this is an opportunity for people who have expertise to share to kind of get higher visibility and get their build their reputation as an expert in Lotus products. So we're real excited about it. And I, I've got some you know other things that we're still trying to work out, and I'm excited that um, I, I think this is going to be a really big splash. And and I'm looking at the site right now, and there's I think there's at least nine or ten videos already out there. Um, so yeah. that's actually. That, that's about seven more than I thought you would have by now. <laughs> it's, it's not that easy to do, you know. Um, I've been involved, you know, for a while in, in Tips in 2. Lisa's predominantly that, but I usually do the, the, the post-production. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. You've got to run through it a few times to, to get your, your, your feel and your feet wet. And yes. one of the hardest things is, you know, doing the voiceover when you're doing it. Do you, do you record your voice while you're doing it or do you wait and then you record your voice afterwards? So, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll end up doing a lot of chopping and changing. But like Joyce said, I, I'm someone that does this a lot and I would go and use Camtasia Studio and download the 30-day trial and just get all your movies built in the first 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> That's the cheap way, well, Darren, I'd say. That is, that is. I mean, there's some other tools out there, but I've not found, at least on the Windows side, any anywhere near as good as Camtasia. And, and that's just a fact of life. And, and we, we've actually got a, a, an enterprise license on Camtasia, but it's that good that everyone in STS that makes movies has a license. So, you know, if you're looking for some tool, then I, I would wholeheartedly throw my support behind Camtasia. Oh, I was just going to say me too. I, I actually participated in... Um a user roundtable for Camtasia with, with TechSmith and gave them a lot of feedback. They're really good about um, getting community feedback and using that to improve the product, which is what we tried to do too. So it was kind of cool to participate with them. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so the creation is one part, but the second part is where do you post it? And, and we chose YouTube for, for a couple of mm -hmm. reasons. A, these videos can get big, and I don't want my data center... Um, bandwidth incapacitated due to everyone wanting to hear the sound of my voice yet again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
or or more importantly, you know, the, the storage, these things can get pretty big. So we, we chose YouTube, which does have its pluses and minuses. The plus is, well, it's free. Uh, the minus is it's got to be less than 10 minutes, which is not a bad thing for a technical uh-uh. on how to do. So, that you know, that's that's pretty good from, from my opinion in that realm. But the most important thing about YouTube is it still is blocked by almost every single corporate customer on the planet. So we've got a lot of videos out there, and I think we've had something close to 9,000 views of the Tips in 2 over the last year, give or take. Um, but almost every customer we go to, they cannot get to them. So that's the downside of the YouTubes of the world. There's other options, aren't there? You know, there's Vimeo, which uh, George and I have discussed. That there's some issues with their terms mm-hmm. and conditions, but a very, very good site to use. Um, I've also uploaded uh, you know, some of our, our videos just to our, our server, which obviously does have bandwidth implications, but if that's hosted elsewhere, then that's an option. And just embed a, a, a um, MP4 player in your blog, which is relatively easy to do, or, or in the wiki. Um, so you know, there's ways and means, aren't there, to get around that. I, I think YouTube is probably the, the best default option for people to use. Joyce, I think it will be interesting to see if you get the submissions from other than the usual suspects, if we can call them that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I uh, our first contribution was actually somebody that I had not. um, I I don't think that he had actually ever submitted a wiki article before, much less a video. So um, I, I could be wrong. I better go double check. But it's Lance Spellman, and so congratulations to Lance for being our first contributor. But um, <laughs> But yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought, oh, well, we'll at least start out with the folks that we already know create videos all the time, the uh, Luis Benitez's of the world, you know, and and he did submit and we do want those. Uh, but yeah, I'm really, I'm hoping that this will encourage people who ha- maybe haven't done it before to give it a try. I'm going to try to create some videos myself, to be honest, as I, as I go answer, through. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Jess. As, no, as go I ahead. said, answer, to answer Per's question, that right now there is no... No people on there that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just Which, to clarify, Joyce, you upload your video to the particular wiki for that product. Is that right? And then when when you tag right. it video fest, you will centrally sort of bring that together into a list somewhere that amalgamates all of the videos that have been uploaded. Right. I actually um, manage the video gallery where I'll just take a screenshot and create. Um, you know, an easy way for people to access all of the videos that have been submitted. And then you can easily go to them and rank them, or rate them, sorry. Okay, great. And then the the closing date for this event, if you like, is the last day of Lotusphere 11, is that right? It sure is, yep. Thursday the 3rd of okay. February. Right. Yep. And then you'll announce at Lotusphere who the winners are. That's right. Oh, look forward to that. That'll be good. So um, if anybody wants more information on this, I guess go to the website. Uh, I'll ask you for that again in a second. Uh, there's also a Taking Notes podcast that, that Bruce and Julian recorded with you earlier on this week. And I guess you can get to the webcast as well, um, the recording from, from the conference the other day. Yes, you can. Um, if you go to uh, if you go to www.lotus.com slash LDD slash Lotus Tech Info, you can go to our blog, and I've posted it on our blog there. Brilliant. And I, we also have a Twitter account, and I'll be Twittering you know, pretty frequently about this, and we're at twitter.com slash Lotus Tech Info. Great. Okay, and if anybody wants to Twitter about it, I guess use the hashtag VideoFest. VideoFest, yes, please. Lovely. And I'll even try to remember to do, to do that. <laughs> 
We'll see. Okay, um, something else that, that cropped up in the community in the last few days um, it is a, a, a series of new icons for the Lotus Notes databases. Um, it was something that was shipped in 8.5.2, I believe, is, is the ability to use high-res PNG graphics for your database icons. But I think there were some restrictions in terms of whether they could put those new icons for the default databases into the product. Um, and there was a post from Mary Beth Raven um, and also on the OpenNTF site as well about how how to get hold of those. Did you see those, Darren? I did. Um, <clears throat> I think there's 10 or 12. The the default icons that you see kind of on the left uh, bookmark bar or open bar, whatever it's called these days. Uh, you know, I think there's one like the workspace icon, the home page, the email. And they actually look very, very nice. And, uh, you know, you look at the old and the new, which I think Mary Beth, Mary Beth's blog had the old and the new mail icon, and you're kind of like, yeah, that does look kind of 1980s. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. Um, and so it kind of takes you back. You look at it, you're like, you know what, yeah, that kind of is interesting. And it's 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 kind of, it, it kind of took me back. It made me a bit retro for a while, because I'm still a workspace junkie. Um, me too. <laughs> and, and it's kind of interesting where you can tell. When you go to customer sites, you can tell when the user started using notes for one of two reasons. Either they use a bookmark bar, or if you're upgrading and what the path is to their Lotus Notes executable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was one of them things this week that kind of got me thinking back to the, to the R4 days. And I think it's an R4 icon that she has, that, that Mary Beth has in, in her uh, blog post. But I, I think it's actually a, a, a very good idea. I've, I've been threatening to do this for a while and I haven't yet is, is take a picture of myself and make my picture the, 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 the icon for every database inside of STS. <laughs> <laughs> but I just haven't had time to do that yet. I think that would be quite funny. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I think there are there are only, I think there's two different sizes. I think there's the bookmark bar normal size and then the bookmark bar small size, but but make sure to check that out. But I think it's a it's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know that was one of the big things in eight five two is is the the multicolored icons. So it's kind of good to see IBM releasing these back out to quote unquote open NTF. Absolutely right. And um, I mean, Pet Pair, you do uh, you know development on Domino. Does this kind of put pressure on you guys to to make better database icons for your applications? Hmm, interesting question. Well, actually, when I first saw the the new icons, I almost wanted to to replace my old ones right away, but <laughs> because they look so great. But <laughs> but I don't know how if it makes what difference it makes for the end user how pretty the icons are. I can see that they it it of course it could be an interesting aspect for for new users at least of of Lotus Notes that that it looks great compared to perhaps other products. So. So, yeah, maybe it's some pressure. Well, I, I think you're right. I think it is intangible, and I think that it kind of helps with the whole perception of Notes being a product that is is modern, you know. And, and people are so. going to compare Notes to their other applications, you know, if they're using some right. of those flashy Web 2.0 um, interfaces or even things like Skype and so on. You know, they're going to be seeing Notes side by side with other apps, and I think the more we can do to to make it look like a 2010 application, the, you know, the better. The only shame yeah. really is is that they couldn't ship this in 8.5.2, which I, I think would have been the, the sensible thing to do. I thought it was because they hadn't had time to develop the new icons, but it sounds from Mary Beth's um, blog post, it was, it was more because of, of the fact they don't try, you know, they try not to change the UI in point releases, which, which again, I can understand, yeah. but you almost need to have just a checkbox in the preferences to say, yeah, use the new icons and, and deal with the training at that point. And, and what I didn't see 
<clears throat> excuse me, what I didn't see was a new Waffle Man icon because I'm looking at my workspace and I have at least 20 default Waffle Man icon databases. Um, so I didn't see a new one of them in there. Let me just double check. I see, I see the same time. I see the help. But I'm, I'm not sure what the new database icon is. Does anyone know? No, no idea, Darren. Okay. Uh, have a look in that and report back at the end of the podcast if you manage to find it. <laughs> Okay, next topic on our list is uh, a new website which is devoted to um, XPages development. So, Per, this is an area that you're obviously spending a lot of time in at the moment in terms of your project you're working on. Um, do you see yeah. this this portal, xpages.info, as being a, a, an important one that they've uh, they've released? Well, I, I definitely do. Uh, of course, it depends on uh, how it evolves. But I, uh, what I see now that I'm trying to both learn and apply uh, XPages to uh, to a real client project is that I'm looking for useful information all the time, and uh, and I end up uh, looking in, in, of course, the usual blogs uh, and other wiki sites instead of the uh, the general documentation. So I think it will be useful. And so, yeah, you know, th- th- this was created, I believe, by Niklas, who we had on our podcast a few weeks ago, who um, is driving much of the OpenNTF um, sort of community if you like from an IBM perspective um, and first of all it uses a lovely looking XPages uh, template which I believe he's actually contributed back to OpenNTF as the, the homepage template uh, and it's a good you know a good demonstration of what a fairly simple XPages developed website can really look like. Darren have you seen this do you see this being popular for, for XPages developers? Yeah, I was on the LTIE call where they had mentioned this, and, and, and I was straight out there looking around, and it is a very nice XPages application all by itself, and I think it's a very good um, collation, if that's a real word. Um, <laughs> not enough coffee this morning, I'm making up words now. Uh, <laughs> if, if that is a real word, collation, then you know it's it's a place where you can go and, and everything X pages related is in one place. It's one of the things when we do training or proof of technologies or, or that kind of stuff is we end up with a whiteboard full of different resources for X pages. Um, and this is a nice place to just send people and say, hey, look, you can go here and we don't have to find Declan's blog. We don't have to find the X pages blog. We have to find Ladies Not in Nine. We can just say, hey, look, everything you want to know is at X pages info or X pages info, which is going to take me ages to get my head around. Having said that, it does. Well, I think it's great. I think it's great too because, you know, we've heard from our customers over and over in the last year or so, you know, that they don't want to have to wade through a lot of different domino information, application development information to get to the X pages. So to have it all in one place and to pull in resources from different places, um, it, I think is just terrific. And, and one of the things I'd like to point out is is the get started tab where it gives you the three steps to start building an, an X page. And then I think that's always been a, a bit of a hurdle for people is, okay, I want to build an X page, what do I need? Well, you need designer. Oh, okay, where do we get designer? Well, it depends. Uh, and right, so it looks like Nicholas has went out there and done a one, two, three, and if it's not Nicholas, I apologize to whoever I've just not mentioned. <laughs> Uh, but so, but the step one, step two, step three, and you often run, and, and then you just go to the other tabs, the resources, the demos tab, and the downloads, and, and I think you're going to get going pretty quickly on this. It's actually a phenomenal idea. Um, I, you know, it's it's it, 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 it says something that we're able to create this, and already under the resources tab, it's almost full, and I think that's a good sign. 
The other thing I like is, is it's a memorable URL that people are going to be able to get to too because um, yeah, it's, it's a fairly regular complaint I have about some of the IBM sites is they're just impossible to remember when you're <laughs> away from your main machine. It's great that, that somebody's gone away and registered this site and um, and built it so, so you know, prettily, if you like, if that's another word I've just made up. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this develops. Uh, clearly, it's, it's a good news that somebody has... Um, has gone away and, and created this and, and put the work together to do it. Um, it looks like David Leedy uh, registered the domain, so uh, clearly it was done outside IBM, which might be a reason for that. So, um, so excellent. Well, the, the URL for that is xpages.info. Um, take a look at that, and, and we'd love to, to have your comments on it, and, um, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss it, I'm sure, next time that Nicholas or David is on the call. Also happening this week was the first ever Lotus Virtual um conference uh, training session if you like it was uh, called LTAP 2010 it was uh, we, we had a couple of guys from uh, the organization that uh, created it on the call last week uh, and that took place I think it was Wednesday and Thursday this week Darren did you um did you get a chance to have a look at that uh, I did I, I registered um, I was kind of in and out most of Wednesday um, and I think it suffered from some teething problems which is kind of I don't think that's strange to anyone in technology uh you know i i had some problems myself um and I, I i was in the chat for a while and there were some other people who who had some problems i know we had some problems i ate getting in but once you were in i think there was some some pretty useful content uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know ed's keynote when it when it when 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 it started the work was was, was pretty visited, uh, but there was there's some good content out there. I think it is, uh, you know, worth worth doing again. Uh, it just is what it is. It was a bit difficult, and you know, when 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 you start something new, there's going to be teething problems. I think the guys, you know, maybe maybe would be a bit disheartened that some people had complained on Twitter, but I I would you know get back on the horse. Off you go again. Yeah, well, I, I registered and joined as well for the first. Uh, I wanted to see the uh, the keynote from Ed, and I think there was was some confusion as to whether some of the uh, uh, events or uh, presentations were live or recorded. So I I think people were confused, and also somewhat confused of the user interface, where to go for this for the uh, to listen to the speakers. So unfortunately, uh, and and that that is a valid point. I've I've got a you know, kind of ding whoever the provider of that site is that, you know, the Lotus products as a generalization get dinged for the UI and I could not find anything on that site <laughs> without without 10 minutes of clicking around just randomly trying to find out where the links were. So from, yeah. from your point of view, if it was run again, but on a different set of infrastructure that, that, that used, you know, a different way of recording and, and playing the, uh, the meetings, it may well be something that you think would be worthwhile continuing with? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I agree. Excellent. And yeah, I think it's a great idea to have a virtual conference. I mean, not everybody can make it to Lotusphere or the Lotus user group conferences, but you know, if we can have this stuff available virtually and online, you know, the the all the better. <laughs> 
I think it's in, an, an interesting conversation is, is whether sort of a synchronous or asynchronous model works really in terms of you know what makes some of the webcasts that I joined so valuable is the other people that were on the webcast at the time that you can ask questions of and get that discussion going. Yeah, it's, it's one of the mm-hmm. great things about your community call that you run, Joyce, is that everybody's logged in mm-hmm. for that hour, everybody's together, versus that the you know model really of video fest and some of the other other ones where you can run through them in your own time so they'll have time to digest and replay them and i think it's interesting to to note they try to do both with ltap whereas i think possibly that sort of synchronous model where people logged in at 10 o'clock for a particular webcast or, or training session and everybody was on at the same time might have been more useful mm-hmm. and, and to mm-hmm. maybe echo pair's comment i, I think that everybody's was recorded. I don't think there was any live. And I think the idea was to maybe do the recording session, then have a speaker available for chat. But from all the, the comments I heard, I think the chat was, was, was not working or was, was buggy. And so you couldn't have that conversation that you, Stuart, had just mentioned, which I think is, is of great value. So, you know, I think it's, it's a splendid idea. Um, you know, the first time you do something like this, it's, it, there's, there's going to be issues. I think, unfortunately, for the guys involved, there was maybe a few more issues than I thought, think anyone would have foreseen. Um, I didn't have a chance to get in yesterday, so I don't know if any of that was addressed. Um, and then the other thing I think they need to address is, is, is the same problem we have on this podcast, is, is how, do you, how do you instill the belief that the quality of the voice and the quality of the microphone and the quality of the actual presentation tool has to be spot on. Otherwise, people are going to say, you know what, it, it sounds like I'm listening to Darth Vader or whatever like that, and they just disappear. <laughs> um, and, and I think that maybe got lost in the mix a bit. But, you know, okay, post, post up, upload your video. Well, you need some QA on these videos, just like we do on Tips In 2. It, it has to be spot on. Otherwise, people watch you for 30 seconds and then, and then click out and you never get them back. So that needs to be maybe looked at as well. I think that's right. So, so certainly not discouraging to the organiser. I think we all agree it's, it's definitely worth repeating just with may, maybe some, some adjustments for next year. Um, the next news item on our list is that, um, unfortunately, Yahoo has decided to discontinue support for the Same Time Gateway. So for those that aren't aware, Same Time Gateway is a product that allows you to integrate same time internal enterprise IM and presence awareness with some of the external services. I think it's Google G Talk, uh, Microsoft OCS, um, and Yahoo and AIM as well. I think are the ones that supported. And Yahoo has, has announced that they're withdrawing the uh, interface at Same Time Gateway users. Mitch Cohen blogged about this, and we'll have a link for that in the show notes. So, has, has anybody used Same Time Gateway to, to, to interface with, with Yahoo in the past? I I use it a lot, but not. To interface with Yahoo. So in other you in in other news, Yahoo still has IM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you know. I I am amazed that this is news. I, I cannot remember the last time I actually talked to someone on on the Yahoo protocol. You know, either via um, one of the free IMs um, that you can download. I'm trying to think of what what the, it keeps changing its name. Uh, Pigeon now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of shocked and you know Yahoo and, and AOL I mean are people still using those protocols uh, you know I can see the use of same time gateway for things like OCS and Java which are really the other enterprise IM systems but 
I mean, yeah, Yahoo. Yeah, maybe maybe Yahoo did this to get some news. Who knows? I'll speak just as an individual person, not specifically as an IBM employee. But I've used Yahoo Messenger for a long time, and in fact, still use it. And I used it back when it integrated with SameTime many many years ago. I think before anybody else. I mean. I remember using it, and I would tell people, and they're like, "What? What?" <laughs> so I, I was disappointed to see that. I was real disappointed to see that they're discontinuing that. I mean, Yahoo it, used to integrate with Same Time because I thought that was AOL. No, I. It was Yahoo. It was well. Oh. Now you're making me question myself. I'll have to. I'll have to go double check, but I could have sworn it was Yahoo. I mean, or if so, or if so, this may be one of our magical internal to IBM versions of Same Time, which we never see. Oh seen. gosh, and I just <laughs> let I just let out a big secret. Secret, maybe now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your comment about Yahoo is really interesting, Darren, because it, it's almost like I find this a lot speaking to people outside the technology industry is there's almost this sort of underclass of, you know, maybe that's the wrong term, but, you know, non-technical users who use tools in a completely different way to we do. So I, I'm aware of a huge number of people that use Yahoo groups all the time, mm-hmm. whether it's for... Mm-hmm free cycle for you know exchanging stuff they don't need anymore or whether it's for organizing you know home education events or whatever it might be they use yahoo groups they use some of the other yahoo tools in a massive way and yet as darren says i don't come across that at all in my um sort of you know business environment so it's kind of interesting i I think whether whether there really are businesses that need this functionality or whether it's just because there are a number of users who still use it and and i think there's reasons behind that um any company of, of moderate size, and you can fill in the word moderate, I'm not going to tell you what that is, you will find that more often than not, things like YouTube and any of the instant message protocols are generally blocked. So I, I think from a, from a business perspective, unless you're at the, you know, the micro end of, of a business where you don't need that kind of corporate security and you don't have all of them, uh, pesky security policies in place, you know, then Yahoo can get through fine. But most of the customers, you know, you couldn't get through with Yahoo or AIM without using some type of anonymizer and, and even they're blocked as a general. So I think it's the fact that companies, at least in the US, companies are so scared of, of, of liability and of data and information and maybe even corporate secrets escaping out of these little sea poles that they've pretty much just turned everything off and without a business reason that's going to generate massive amounts of revenue we're not going to turn it back on so i I think in the u.s that's why we don't see yahoo and aol and many of your protocols even used you know outside even people with full same time at least in my experience very rarely have gateway turned on um, because that opens up other avenues of, of, of liability and having to have corporate security policies. The other question I, I'd like to ask is, is amongst you know, our sort of technology-rich community, is, is whether IM is, is even important anymore compared to things like you know, Facebook and Skype and even, even stuff like you know, FaceTime just, just coming uh, up in importance. You know, do, do you use uh, IM with, with external contacts anymore? Or if you do, what do you use? Yes, but in a kind of roundabout way. So we we, we, we are deep same time users for, for obvious reasons. Um, but one of the things I find same time useful for is when I'm not in the office. So I still have two phones, an Android and a BlackBerry, and I have BlackBerry client for same time. And that's always useful to log in and, and answer a couple of questions real time while I'm maybe in a meeting or get some answers while I'm in a meeting. So that's generally the use case now that I have for, for same time beyond the presence awareness and the, hey, can you can I call you chats? Um, ec- externally, it, it's becoming harder and harder and harder. And we've hashed this out 
publicly on the podcast and y- your blog, but you know, it's almost impossible to use recent version of notes against any of the common uh, same time services. And by common, I mean the IBM host ones. Um, I, I can't get into the, the STEXT period. Um, I, I can't get into Lotus Live because that's expired. Hint, hint, cough, cough to anyone who <laughs> listens to this that has the power to get me back on there. Um, so, you know, that leaves me really with, with Greenhouse uh, as, as the common one between me and, and, and everybody else. Um, I know there's bleed yellow, and I think the guys need to be applauded, but without a privacy policy, I cannot use bleed yellow due to my own company's privacy policy. So, uh, you know, they're out of options, but some of them I can't use for other reasons. And, Pat, do you use same time for, for connecting with external people? Well, now I'm, of course, a brand new, if you can call that, uh, freelance consultant, and uh, I don't use same time for any business contact so far. But, uh, when I was at IBM, we used, or I used, of course, same time a lot for, for interacting with colleagues, but that would be IBM colleagues. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to see whether this gets fixed with Yahoo Messenger. You know, it sounds like they're closing down their SIP gateway, so it'll be interesting to see whether IBM uh, and Yahoo managed to come to some agreement about another way to connect that or whether it, it, it does get killed. It, we'll have to just follow that over the next few months, and next time we get Mitch on, we'll, we'll ask him what's going on with that. So uh, next on the list, a couple of user group meetings that are coming up very soon. We've mentioned it before when um, Paul Mooney was on, but we've got iLug 2010 coming up pretty soon in Belfast. That is uh, scheduled for November the 10th and 12th. So that's a couple of weeks away. The agenda has been posted for iLug um, and it looks like a pretty um, fun-packed three days of um, of events and uh, training sessions and so on going on there so uh, there are still some places i spoke to paul and also to sean about it this morning and uh, it sounds as though there's there's a good number of places left if uh, if you would like to register obviously if you can't make it make sure you unregister <laughs> otherwise your name will be mud in the uh, in the irish community i'm sure <laughs> the the other one is uh, the danish lotus uh, lotus user group uh, which is dan notes that's called and pair i think you you have some involvement in that uh well um I'm a member of the Dan Notes uh, user group, but I am not involved in the in, in planning the conference. But I'm participating in the conference, which is next week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and we have some uh, some well-known speakers. We have Chris Miller coming on Thursday and Carl Tyler also coming on Thursday to d- discuss uh, administration and development, or to host the administration and development tracks. So, is there a World Cup in? In 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 Denmark this month that no one told me about. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> the website for Dan Notes is uh, dannotes.dk. Uh, and just trying to find out when that's scheduled for. Do you know the dates? Uh, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday next week. So November third, November fourth. Okay, great. And so if anybody's interested in that, make sure you check out the website and get yourself registered. It looks to be a excellent event. Um, last one I wanted to cover uh, for this week is um, a community that Joyce, you run, which is the LTIE community. We've mentioned it a couple of times already this yeah. week in terms of your, um, your webcast you run. Do you want to just introduce right. people that haven't heard about that, maybe what that community is and, and what, what it means? Yeah, absolutely. The community is open to anybody who is interested in Lotus products and interested in either learning more or sharing knowledge. Uh, the The focus of the community is technical information. So that's the, the whole point of it is to get to the, 
get together and share technical technical content, technical information. And um, we meet monthly, and it's usually the second Tuesday or the sorry the fourth Tuesday of the month. However, in November and December we're a little off. So in uh, November it's going to be November sixteenth, and December it's going to be December fourteenth. And what we do is I usually have a guest speaker come in and talk about something specific. It might be a topic of interest to the community, maybe a concern or issue that's going on. We had Ed Burl talk about uh, IBM's commitment to Domino as an application development platform. We've had, um, we've had sessions where we actually talk about a particular tool that we've just released to help uh, you know, share information. We, we are actually going to have our November meeting focused on the new features of the latest wiki template. So I encourage people to attend and learn more about the latest template that we've just applied to our wikis that help you, like I mentioned early, earlier, share the articles with the through different social media outlets. Um, there are some usability enhancements that make the wikis a little bit easier to use. You can rate the articles and that type of thing. We've actually introduced profiles as well. So we're trying to introduce some some social features as well to make the wikis a little bit more social. Anybody can join. If you go to www.lotus.com slash LDD, as in Lotus Developer Domain, uh, slash Lotus Tech Info, you can find more information about how to join. Great. And then you meet monthly, don't you? Is it on a Tuesday? It is. It's on a Tuesday. It's 10 o'clock Eastern time, uh, Eastern U.S. time. And um, like, as I mentioned, in November, it's going to be the 16th and December, it'll be the 14th. Right. And I send out invitations to people who've joined our community. So that's more incentive for you to actually join our community that we've established in Lotus Greenhouse. And I think you record the calls as well, don't you? So people can listen back I later. Yeah, yeah, I do record them. I realize not everybody can attend at that time. So I do record them and then post them in our blog. So anybody can access them at any point. Awesome. Okay. And, and so, Joyce, a, a quick question: Is there any? Mm -hmm. uh, will your recordings end up in iTunes at some point in time? So we well, know you that's... can listen to them on, while on the road. You know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we're actually uh, talking about creating an iTunes like podcast, a video podcast, and also posting audio to it, and. I, I can't tell you exactly when we're going to be doing that. I can tell you, though, that there are um, MP3s. I do post the MP3s by themselves. So you c you can download that if you want from the blog entry. Oh, yeah, of course. Thanks. And while we're on about the concept of communities, uh, Stuart, earlier this week or yesterday, one of the two, it's been a long week. <laughs> um, I think yesterday you posted a, a blog posting to the This Week in Lotus site. Um commenting on, on how do we move this actual This Week in Lotus podcast beyond the community that we know. And, and I think Pear brought up a good point earlier as far as Video Fest is, is how do we get participants and listeners, you know, beyond the 330 people that, that, that troll Planet Lotus and hit refresh every five minutes on that thing. Um, and, and so, Stuart, you, 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 you asked for some help around, I guess, the expansion of our listenership. So do you kind of want to... Um, tell us what you, what you requested. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, 
it, it, it's it's a challenge that we all face, whether it's with our blogs or or with our you know podcasts or webcasts or you know screencasts or whatever we're doing, is that um, you know it's very easy to get those those four hundred or so people on you know in the community to to listen and view, and and yet there's a massive community, I and mean, we see it at Lotusphere, you know. 5,000 odd people go there every every January. So why can't we get that number of people listening, viewing, reading, um, community posts and so on? And so something I would just love to do is, is find out really how can we reach those unreachable uh, folks at the moment. And, and really it's about getting the word out. So something I, I've asked for in that post is just can you, you know, mention This Week in Lotus, whether it's in a presentation you give, in a blog post, uh, in a newsletter your business might send out to your customers. Um, maybe mention it to your internal users if you, if you work for a Lotus customer um, you know stick it on your internet make, make sure people are aware of you know both This Week in Lotus but also Planet Lotus and Ed Brill and, and all the other sites that are key to our community I, I think we can all do more to to get the word out Something I, I put in that post was our logo. We're also going to try and um, create some smaller versions of that logo in, in more of a landscape mode so that people can put it in their, their sidebar, their blogs and so on as well. Um, and finally, that, that we have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinlotus. Also a LinkedIn group, just search for This Week in Lotus. Um, and, and do join those. It, it's all about building the community and making sure that we're all um, you know getting the word out, discussing, uh, embracing, evangelizing the lotus software i think it, it's in all our best interests if we do that so so joyce let me put the question to you because you 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 may have the same problem we have but in a far yeah. larger magnitude how, how how have you tried to address this well you know it's interesting because i as i was listening i was going yep 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 we do that we do that we're we're trying the same things that you are like reaching into the different social media outlets to kind of get the word out asking people who are members of the community to reach out to their um followers or or their friends their colleagues um and you know i i don't know what the the silver bullet is <laughs> i don't know that there is a, a perfect answer but i know that the more um, the more that we're out there, the more visible that we are, um, the the more we're going to get the information out. So I I, I keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> and and all I would ask is that is that folks you know do retweet, do share. You yeah. Know, we, we've got some fabulous social tools now that we all have access to, and it's all about you know they're all really about building communities. And and unfortunately there are a number of them. So I don't think there's one size fits all solution for any of this i don't think there's a there's a silver bullet as you just said but i think there's a number of incremental ways we can all get the word out about some of the stuff we're doing yeah we mentioned the the you know the database icons today things like that aren't going to necessarily get to every lotus customer they're not going to be aware of those small things they can do to make their lotus environments better um you know easier to use for their users more appealing whatever it might be so we, we all need to to just somehow get those kind of nuggets of information out to out to the real end users out there because you know there's whatever number you want to pick out of the air 130 million notes users whatever it might be that don't listen to these things don't read these blogs right. don't join the communities and somehow we need to reach them Right. Well, I mean, I think you guys have done a great service by by producing this podcast. I mean, I think especially on a weekly basis, because I know that's a huge, huge commitment. But, you know, a lot of people do get their information via podcasts. And the fact that you've got, um, you know, several million eyes looking at it in iTunes and finding it on a regular basis, I think that's something else we can do is review this podcast in iTunes, which is going to make it 
show up higher and, and more people will see it. So. Absolutely. And and just worth um, mentioning that you can listen to this uh, podcast online. Uh, so if you want to introduce somebody to it, they just have to go to thisweekinlotus.com and they can stream it directly off the site. Don't need to download it or put it on their podcast or on their iPod or anything yep. like that. Um, and you can obviously download and subscribe to it as well. Uh, even get an emailed uh, digest every week with the, um, with the new episodes in. So all sorts of ways that you can get the word out to, to other people. And on that note, something we've um, done in the past, Darren, is, is that we've uh, asked people to rate this podcast in order to um, win a book. We had another book contest in the last couple of weeks, didn't we, where we were asking people just to email in with their details um, to ideas at thisweekinlotus.com. And I think we've picked the winners now. We have. Uh, they were random insofar as um, I just did a random full text search on that view that returned everybody and then placed my finger on it twice. <laughs> That's about as random as you can get in a mail file. Uh, so we have two winners to, for the excellent um, IBM load at the same time, Eight Essentials, a user's guide from Marie Scott and Tom uh, Duff. Uh, Duff. Um, that's from the guys at Packet Publishing. So we've got two of them. Uh, one person is going to get a slightly dog-eared version because I've been reading it. Um, but the two winners are, in no particular order, uh, a Mr. Kevin J. Butner, who I hope I've pronounced your name right, uh, to make sure you know who you are, you work for the New York uh, State Department of Health, uh, so we have your address and that will be getting shipped to you over the next couple of days, so thank you for entering, you did win. And then the second winner is an interesting one, it's a Mr. Paul Harper, and uh, just so you know who you are, you're, you are the Information Security Officer for the United Nations assistance to the Khmer Rouge trials in Cambodia. Wow. So I think that's one I wasn't expecting to get uh, a one from was Cambodia, which shocked me when I saw the address when I was looking at it this morning. Um, so congratulations to Mr. Paul Harper in, I'm guessing you're in Cambodia, that's where your address is. Um, and also to Mr. Kevin Bootner, who is, I guess, in Albany, New York, if it's a state job up there. Yes, Albany, New York. We have listeners in high places. And far away places. That's that's got to be you know. That's that. I wasn't expecting to see one from Cambodia. We got a few, uh, but not not any that was like that. So you know, when I picked it, I was like, wow, because Paul Harper sounds like he'd be from Ireland. <laughs> and then we look at the address; it was Cambodia. Excellent. One of the other books we shipped went to Australia as well. So clearly, there's worldwide reach for Lotus technology, which is just great. Yeah. So, um, okay, on to our tips. As usual, we finish the podcast asking for each of the contributors and panellists to um, come up with a tip. They can share with you, the listener. It might be a site, a feature, a tool they use uh, on a regular basis that they think would be good to uh, pass on. So, Darren, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so on the rare occasion that Stuart is not available, I, I produce the podcast. And, and also with some technical issues of late, we've both been recording the podcast. Um, everybody probably knows Stuart's a Mac guy and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm a PC. I'm, I'm a John Hodgman. <laughs> um, so to do that, I use a, a tool called the MP3 Skype recorder. Uh, and that just allows you to record, well, Skype calls <laughs> like this podcast. And it saves it out as an MP3 and then you can fire it back over to to Camtasia or Audacity to actually post-produce it. So that's the tool I use all the time to record these podcasts. Is that a free one or is it commercial? No, it's free and there's zero limits. It can go as long as you want. 
um, until your hard drive space runs out, I guess. Um, and it's got stereo modes, mono modes, multiple bit rates. Uh, you can even just tell it started when Windows starts. I only ever fire it when I actually want to record the podcast. Uh, so mine doesn't run all the time. But it is a completely free tool with zero limits. And it's actually uh, very nice. And it runs in Windows 7, which is you know rare for these MP3 tools. Wonderful. Is there a Mac version by any chance? I, I, I think there is. I, I, I wouldn't okay, know that for cool. a fact. But I'm, I'm 96.7% sure there is. <laughs> <laughs> Just while we're on this, the Mac tool I use is Audio Hijack Pro from Amoeba Software. Uh, Joyce, right. that, that is chargeable. That's about $50, I think, but a very, very good tool. Um, yeah, pretty good things. Okay, Pear, do you want to uh, tell us about your tip for this week? Sure. Well, my tip actually expands what we have just discussed. Uh, I suggest that people start using social media uh, to broaden their network and also interact with peers and colleagues uh, across the different communities. And this would be similar to what they might already be doing with uh, real-life professional groups, if, if, if that would be the proper way of calling the, these groups. And I, I would suggest that people start uh, subscribing to some of the many very useful Lotus blogs. And also, of course, as we have discussed in this podcast, start listening to many of the very good podcasts about Lotus-related products or Lotus-related uh, information. And if they... Uh, if if they want to go uh, real far, they could begin using Twitter to follow all of or many of the the Lotus peers on Twitter. And uh, a tip for those of us uh, who are already using social media is, of course, to mention this and uh, and advertise this as much as possible to those not using these new tools. Excellent. So, I, I would echo all of that. All very, very good advice. Something I've been interested in, Per, is, is you've obviously recently left IBM and started up your own company. How how has it helped you being somebody who's known in the Lotus community, both through your, your Twittering and your blog and so on? Well, I will, of course, have to wait for the first uh, real job <laughs> based on all this, but... Uh, uh, I, I see that uh, when I use my blog and my Twitter account to to both discuss and also w when I advertised that I was leaving IBM, I got uh, several, uh, many actually, uh, well wishes from uh, from peers, uh, colleagues uh, all over the world. And I'm sure that this will be helpful in some way or the other at some point in the future. So. Excellent. Well, I, I hope that certainly proves to be the case and, and keeps you busy. Joyce, um, can, can I ask you for your tip? Oh, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> in the spirit of Video Fest, I wanted to talk about something that was video related. And we do have um, we do have a widget that I am I surprised that people don't know about it yet. Um, but we have the Lotus Learning widget, and we have it for several different products. We have it for Lotus Connections, um, Notes, iNotes, and there's one that I'm forgetting that I'll remember in a second. But what you can do is download the the widget and install it. It's just very easy drag and drop to the sidebar in Notes, for example. And you can then have easy access to uh, videos, reference cards, a lot of different multimedia from within the product. So you don't have to go out anywhere to do it. And you can filter. So if you're only looking for installation information, then you can filter it. And it's while you're in the product. So I really encourage everybody to check it out. You can you can find out more if you go to lotus.com and you do have to put a three W's uh, lotus.com slash LDD slash learn lotus. 
And we are, you know, Stuart, you asked me about getting the learn.lotus.com and we are really close to getting that. (laughs) (laughs) I I was hoping to be able to announce that on this podcast, but um, I think it's going to be a couple more days, but I I will certainly make sure that that announcement gets made. Wonderful. And can I, can I throw in one more? Go for it. One more little tip. (laughs) We, we actually, a couple of months ago, released a mobile um, access to our wikis. So it's the mobile wikis beta. And you can get to that w- by going to lotus.com slash LDD slash mowiki.nsf. So mowiki.nsf. And that, that's that been kind of fun to show people that you can access our, our uh, wikis from a mobile device. It looks really great on an iPhone, even better on an iPhone 4. Um, and and it looks good on an iPad as well. What's really important about this is that we're starting to publish our product documentation in wikis. So this allows you to take in a very portable format this information and you in, in with you maybe to the server room or wherever you are to e- easily easily access all of that information. So I have I have a question it's, about this. Is is, is this using yeah. the the mobile toolkit from OpenNTF? You know that's a really good question, and I. I believe the answer is no, but I, I, I'm not absolutely certain. I'll, I can find out and we can post it into the show notes. That would be great. Thank okay. you, Joyce. And on, on, sure. the top, on the topic of those wikis, I posted a, an entry on the Quicker blog this morning uh, talking about how the Info Center for Quicker 8.5 has now been brought into the uh, the Quicker wiki. So if anybody's interested in more details about how that's working. And also, if you have any feedback, it'd be great to gather that maybe yes. on that blog post and I can pass it back to Joyce and the team. Yeah, we've definitely gotten some feedback that we're going to be acting on. And, and the more we hear, the, the better we can make it. So let us know. Brilliant. Thank you, Joyce. And my tip for this week is um, a sort of multimedia one, really, is that um, we, we've just sort of started getting into Blu-ray uh, in, in our company in terms of doing backups to that media um, and also producing some, some movies, which goes back to Video Fest again, which we're going to ship out in in high def. So um, Sony have just released a, a slimline external USB-powered Blu-ray recorder. Um, it's called the BDX-S500U. Um, it's, it's really, really fast. It's a six-speed um, Blu-ray recorder, powered, as I say, just off USB, reads and writes to single and dual uh, uh, blu-ray dvd and cds uh, even does 3d blu-ray um discs although i don't quite know what screen you would need to project that onto but it does that as well um it's pretty good value too it's 151 pounds on amazon uk 218 dollars on the us site we have links for both of those in the show notes um gonna look uh, certainly post a blog post about it once i get it up and running um particularly when we can write out 50 gig discs as well so and, and how much how much does a blank deep Blu-ray disc cost. A twenty-five gig single layer one is um, just about well, it's between a pound and three pounds, depending on which one you buy in the UK. So that's what sort of two to to five dollars or so in the US. Um, the fifty gig dual layer ones are still pretty expensive. They're in the region of about ten dollars a piece. So um, still quite expensive, but I'm sure the cost will will come down as more and more people use the media. I guess it's a challenge, really, as to what the right form for writing out sort of you know cheap 
backups at home or whatever is is going to be for the future i guess a lot of people are moving to using external hard disks um the, the issue for, for us as a company is still fire risk so you know hard disks are fine but you've got to work out what you do with them when they're not sat next to your machine um and so having having some kind of um you know writable media that you just ship somewhere else just store somewhere it makes sense still for the moment but but it's 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 an interesting conversation that's going to take place i'm sure over the next couple of years as to what the right form of media is so on that note, we have come to the end of our hour and a bit. We never quite make it under the hour mark. One day we'll manage that. Uh, but I hope it's not been too li- too long for um, you all to listen to. So as always, we finish just by going around the table one more time, asking how people can get hold of each of our participants. So Darren, do you want to kick us off? How do people find you? Yeah, first, my 3% margin of error was correct. There is no Mac version. <laughs> That's why I never say 100%. Um, but constantly comes out. Um, so what was the question? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, blog.darrenduke.net for all things technically related and my own personal rants against IBM. Um, and on Twitter, Darren Duke, all one word. Excellent. Thank you. And Pear, how do people find you? Thank you. Well, um, Pearl Austin on Twitter in one word, and my blog is at uh, pear.lawston.dk slash blog. And my new company is called PHL Consult, and the web's ad- website address is phl-consult.dk. And also, I, as mentioned, I will be uh, at the DanNotes conference in Denmark next week, so say hi. Thank you, Pear. And Joyce, how do people track you down? I think one of the easiest ways is uh, Twitter. So twitter.com slash lotustechinfo is what I do for Lotus. And then my personal account is jad at... um, J-A-D-I-N-T-X, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It is early still. <laughs> we'll have that in the show notes anyway if people want to, to find you through Twitter. And I'm Stuart McIntyre. Um, I'm reachable at Stuart McIntyre on Twitter and the blog is at blog.collaborationmatters.com. Uh, I'm just going to finish with one last um, request for a tip, actually. If anybody can think of a, a sensible way to justify buying a MacBook Air, do let me know. And on that note, <laughs> until <laughs> next week... This was This Week in Lotus. Bye for now. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer.